Come on, knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. We've been wanting to tell you all about what we're watching too. Happy Halloween, friends of Old Man Brad and friends of the Real Feels Podcast. It is Halloween. This episode is coming out on Halloween. It's the spooky time. It is. And Drew and I are back with another joint episode for all of our great spooky frightful fans out there we have a couple great things this week we're gonna finish up our hashtag 100 days of horror as today halloween is the last day 100 days since we started this when we started july july 23rd there you go july 23rd until halloween we did 100 movies, at least 100 movies in 100 days. I know you kind of stuck to that I, one I was kind of keeping my pace with it. I, I didn't want to, like, overdo it this year. Like, I think last year when we did 150 days, I had actually done, like, 286. I know. You went crazy. So I think I only I, did, I, like, I went, a, 175, yeah. I think, is what I did on the one. I was bonkers last year. I was, I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to be a little conservative this year with this. Yeah. <laughs> a little, yeah, that's quite a, a cutback from. <laughs> it, it is. I'm actually following my own rules. <laughs> I think I, I went over the hundred. I did 120 ish. I think it is, or or so. So I mean, I I still went over, but I didn't go like crazy because I kind of yeah. I did my terror on Tubi watches along with this. So some of those, if I could, if I could slip in terror on Tubi into the hashtag with the post for 100 Days of Horror, I made it work. Same thing with my other little scavenger hunt because sometimes, as I told you, like we we love movies and I love watching movies all the time, but even sometimes. There can be too many movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's not enough hours. <laughs> Even some weeks. I mean, when we do our 2B Tuesday, like theme watches. Right. I mean, there, there are some times I'm like, I'm going to watch like three or four movies today. And then some days I'm like, I think one's enough. I'm just feeling one to this week. I have I have such ambitions on certain 2B Tuesdays because I'm like, man, I like this theme. That's great. I have like four, three or four movies lined up. And it usually ends up being one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> the the goal the goal is there yeah also being it is halloween we we're not talking the movie halloween but we are going to discuss the anthology horror film 1031 which mm-hmm. takes place all around halloween so you get kind of a i don't want to say twofer but like a it's a big extravaganza a frightful extravaganza as you will so drew what uh what do you want to start off with? You want to talk some hashtag hundred days of horror, or do you wanna you wanna jump into ten thirty one? I think that we should do some ten thirty one, get the folks out there to understand exactly what this horror anthology is, and then we can give them the the smattering of a buffet. I think I think that's that's good. Let's uh let's jump into ten thirty one. Welcome to my Halloween Monster Marathon with me, your host, Malvolia, the Queen of Screams. Does 
Does he always wear that mask? All the time. Definitely a good way to cap off Halloween night. I don't have any candy. All those naughty kids love their Halloween. 10.31. This is a, a horror anthology film that came out in 2017. This is the first of three parts. There are three of these at the you know the time this comes out. I don't know if they plan on making more or not. And Drew, you and I are both fans of horror anthology films. Like we mm. we watch quite a few of them. With any anthology, some stories are usually better than others. Of course. And and same overall, depending on how they put it together. Is it just a smattering of short films or is there like a wraparound kind of thing weave through? And 1031, it has that wraparound in it. Gives you the the bookends, I guess, with the with the shorts. I'll read you the synopsis from IMDb. A Halloween treat bag of all the things that go bump in the night, from mass killers to scarecrows, witches, and tricksters. There's a scare for everyone in this anthology of horror. Before we kind of really dive into the stories and such, what were your overall thoughts on 1031? I know both of you and I have seen this movie previously, you know, a couple years ago. And we're coming back to it. You had the suggestion, you're like, you know, Tuesday lands because we were talking to be Tuesday. We're like mm-hmm. it lands on Halloween. We should do a 1031 Halloween episode with everything. I was like, let's do it. So what did you think of, of 1031? Did a rewatch make it any different? And the rewatch, I think, was better because I, I now had some familiarity of just remembering when the movie originally came out because I know it came out in 2017, but I don't think I watched it until I think like 2019. It's fun. It's fun for what it is. And Mm -hmm. especially, I think that certain stories are actually quite impressive for an indie horror. And I think the reception for it was actually pretty good. Again, as we have already established with any anthology, regardless of independent horror or even something as, you know, impactful as Creepshow, not every story is going to hit right. No. And overall, I thought this was done well. Some of the acting. It's uh, in in a few stories. It's not even not even campy, but it's very like, no, Barbara, come back, come back. <laughs> <laughs> like some of the acting is like that. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. But you almost like to say, OK, I'm going to smile and nod and just see where this goes. And overall, you have a good time with this with this anthology. Oh, no, absolutely. I completely agree. And I didn't see this. I think it was two years ago, I think, is when I check this one out it definitely is that i think the first three stories are the strongest and the last two kind of falter off a little bit in my opinion but it's still a fun indie show i would agree that the the old hag the trespassers and the killing dance is the roller roller rink one right yes correct okay i think you know what i would agree i think those are probably the strongest the Halloween blizzard of 91 is definitely the one that actually has the probably the worst acting yes. in it. But I think it probably I think it has the most unique concept. I agree. And then the then the Sandheim slasher. I don't know. That one just didn't. I think I think that's the weakest. That one is a mixed bag for sure. Yeah, it has some good moments, but then it's not it has so a good moments. kill. It has it has a really good <laughs> kill um, of, of one of the guys at the party. But other than that, like. I, it almost, I think, has like a red herring 
that you think it's going to be X, but then it really turns out to be Y, and Y makes sense, but you almost hoped it to be X. Either way. I mean, we love anthology films. We love indie horror films. I'm a big supporter of indie horror films. And tell everybody, like, go see indie horror, especially I feel like indie horror, they can kind of put a lot more passion into it than, say, a big budget. But I love it all. I just love horror in general. Yeah. So. I mean, you stated the the five. We had The Old Hag, Trespassers, Killing the Dance, The Halloween Blizzard of 91, and The Sam Haynes Slasher were the five segments in 1031. And then you had kind of this bookend of Malvolia, the Malvolia, Queen of Screens. Yes. She, it, was, it was almost like, so you start, you start off with the kids. They're either home from, no, no, they have to be home from trick-or-treating and that's how they're wrapping up their evening they're mm-hmm. kind of sitting down to this you know wish.com uh kind of elvira <laughs> uh, per- persona and i mean she's like a a late night host that they right, turn on right, right. Like, yeah, exactly exactly it's kind of like elvira's movie macabre and you know she has this you know like set of spine tingling tales yes and the kids are just Easily just sitting down, chowing on the candy, just having a good time. The wraparound piece, the bookend piece, I guess, it doesn't really wrap around because she doesn't really come in in the middle. It's kind of like she's at the beginning, she's at the end, and then it's 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 over. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't the best, but right. if you look at it like it's a late night cable access like host coming on to show you some <laughs> horror films, like it worked. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get into... Our first segment, The Old Hag, which, I mean, I thought was pretty good. I thought it had some of the best acting. You know what I mean? Yes. Because, because like, the the responses, and I don't know why everybody in this is, they're not exactly familiar, but the, but the camera guy, and I can't remember exactly who plays him, but the camera guy looked familiar to me. It has a lot of the, the same people who did the Barn movies as well. So a lot of so I think he was in that's probably, um, probably one or both of the barn movies. That's that's probably why. But yeah, no, this one was fun. I like that. I like the idea. Like, there's a lot of misdirection, and there's a yeah. lot of you know we're gonna look around this house and like, ooh, this is a cool shot. I actually liked the shot where he's looking up the stairs and that little cavity in between the stairwell, mm-hmm. and suddenly he just sees someone up there, and then he looks back and he looks again. And then, you know, gone. Yeah. And of course, they're like, ah, we know where this is going. The makeup for this is probably, again, I think they did their job right by starting off strong. Yes. And I think that you you kind of need to in an anthology. If you start off really, like, Agreed. slow. Like, if it was, I think, one of the weaker ones, the Sam Hain killer. If you started yeah. off with that one, I would have been like, oh. No, like, I'm going to turn this off. I'm in for either a long, you know, hour and a half or. <laughs> but yeah, they, they definitely started off strong and got me hooked. I was like, okay, I'm in. So when we finish up that story, we move into the trespassers. And I think between this one or the killing or killing the dance, I don't know. It's between these two that were my favorite of the stories. The trespassers, I like the concept Mm-hmm. For the trespassers and I and because I mean I'm a big and of course folks anybody listening you should just be fully aware spoilers are going to come I'm a big fan of vampires okay the fact that the vampire is struck down strapped to the cross 
and they become the scarecrow. Yeah. Okay. But then the question is like the people who, you know, come back and say like, this is our land. This has always been our land. We have always been here. And I'm trying to think like, okay, so were they trying to go like Native American akin, but they didn't really like, is it the vampires who have always lived here? If it is vampires, why are they strapping one to the cross? <laughs> are they, are, are, I mean, w- there's a whole lot. It's a neat little short. Now, is it something maybe if they could have fleshed it to a feature, could well, they have the like thing, fleshed right? out more of that story or explanation? I think a for lot, you? Right. I think a lot more could have been fleshed out because, I mean, again, it's these, it's this whole thing of like, it's, it's a local legend. Yeah. Which, even this one guy doesn't really know, but the girl is supposedly like really familiar with it. And they're going out to this house where supposedly no one else has lived in for quite some time yet. He sees someone inside and they don't even go and investigate the house. That's what the whole, I think that's like a whole missed opportunity. If it's the case of like, Oh look, someone, you know, they they've left this scarecrow here. And then she finds out that the scarecrow was really a person because there's a skull inside. Again, like I, I think there's a lot of like fun ideas, but it's not fleshed out. Yeah. And there's a lot of good special effects and it's not fleshed out. And I love I love his little response of like, you know, like you just had to come here. I told you, <laughs> no, we could have we could have gone and had a good time. But no, if I remember, right, I think this one was the bloodiest of the stories. If Yeah. I mean, one of them, we get an exploding head. It's definitely. There's more. There's more blood. I mean, you kind of have to blood vampires. It kind of goes hand in hand, right? You can't have one yeah. without the other. Yeah. <laughs> and then killing the dance, which was our third one. It all took place in a roller skating rink with a killer on the skating floor. Right, and a very annoying guy who looks like he should probably be on to catch a predator. Yes, and he his whole thing was trying to hit on every girl in the oh place. My, well, not even like every girl, but like the the sister yeah. who, you know, the mom is saying like, don't go out, like take your brother and you should change. You should change your outfit. You're going to get the wrong impression. Can't you? Can't you go something <laughs> less promiscuous? What did she say? She said, like, don't go meet that one guy. You're going to have an AIDS baby. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was the oh line, too. And you're like, What? But yeah, he was he was definitely a, a sleazy dude from I mean, creepy. you see that yeah, this kind of character in a lot of like older films. Unfortunately, right. they they're out there. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not to like ruin a moment, but no. like, you know, you see this guy and you you just think, you know, Matthew McConaughey. All right. All right. You're just waiting. You're just like, OK, his kill scene better be the best one because I just want him to die. <laughs> don't you he was he was definitely the most annoying character yes although he does have that redeeming quality at the moment where you know after the slasher has already started happening and he says like you know get mikey out of here you know go on get out Mm -hmm. and he tries to he tries to save him but it's an interesting thing because i loved i loved the kid it reminded me so much of like my own kid costumes um, from like Halloween yeah. in years past when I was younger, where it's just like a hodgepodge of different things. Like he's a werewolf, but he's got a cloak and he has a samurai sword. Yes. yes. And it's a little bit of everything. And he's got his alien voice changer box. And it, I mean, my kids do that all the time. They love to dress up and it's just like, exactly. what can we throw on? And this is what we're going to be. Right. And so, you know, yeah. And you would go around on Halloween. 
or like, you know, you clearly have to explain to the adults and they're like, oh, and what are you? And it's like, isn't it obvious? <laughs> he's, he's clearly like a werewolf samurai ninja. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's fun to almost uh, associate a human quality, obviously, with something that you don't see until the very end of the entire short. And that's that's Mikey, because you don't see his face. You don't see mm-hmm. you don't hear his actual voice. But he says simple lines of like, don't go. Don't leave us. Yeah. And you're all like, oh, that's sad. And, well, and then the ending you get with him. I mean, we're going to give some spoilers here, but it turns from a slasher to almost sci-fi-esque. To scanners. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and you're just like, wait, what? What just happened? It was kind of a quick turn of what it what happened at the end. But right? this story, I would love to see it as a full feature film of like this roller skating slasher right but then somehow weave in this other piece a little bit more instead of this quick like hard 90 degree turn at the end and you're just like uh what i mean it, it would have been interesting so okay i mean willie's wonderland you know what i mean yeah like it's all set inside like a Chuck E. cheese yeah and that's fine i can accept that if they were to set this entire thing inside of a roller rink I think it would be kind of limited because like 80% of the landscape is going to be the roller rink itself. Like there's very few places yeah. to hide. Maybe if it was upstairs. Now there could be a fun little thing where if they try to escape and they go out the doors and they have to, and they're like literally like skating down the street to try <laughs> to try and avoid the slasher. And then they like come to a hill and they have to like go downhill. I did like how they kept showing the killer as they're oh, skating right. around. And it's it's like, you know, like, oh, something's going to happen. Something's going to well, happen. Because, and then and then it's like flashing lights and everything yeah. left and right. So when you get these little like, you know, little blurbs and blips of like, you know, a razor going. And it's like slicing and dicing all these people. I mean, it's it's an interesting thing. And then I love I love the reveal of who it is and I like yeah. the the mask because it is it's silly but gives it you know that a creepy or feel to it because it is so silly that cowboy oh, yeah. goofy eyed mask you know the mask reminded me of What's it kind of reminded me of Zeke the plumber from salute your shorts I don't think I know that oh did you not watch salute your shorts I don't think I ever did I know the name sounds familiar but I can't I can't place it in my mind it right was, now. It was the it was a Nickelodeon show where they were at a camp and they had the whole camp Bonawana. We hold you in our hearts. Nope. Nope. Doesn't ring a bell. It's okay, Brad. I'm only a decade younger. <laughs> Remember, I'm I'm old man Brad. You're old man Brad. <laughs> <laughs> After killing the dance, we move into the Halloween Blizzard of '91. Where Halloween is canceled because of a giant blizzard, but trick-or-treaters can still somehow show up. Did you hear, like, the announcement? If you said, like, you know, stay indoors. Halloween, unfortunately, is canceled. We're expecting 31 inches of snow. And I'm like, what? 31 inches of snow? Good God. I've been through snowstorms like that. They're fun. We don't get snow out here in California. (laughs) We we don't know what that is. <laughs> this one, I mean, you said at the beginning, this probably had the weakest acting of them all. It definitely did. There were so, so much as I was going along that it just questioned, like, you know, they're watching, sitting there watching 
the news broadcast and it's like, you know, Halloween is canceled. And it's like, okay. Like you have the little kids in like their Halloween jammies mm-hmm. and they're playing cards. I think, I think so. Yeah. And you're right. And like Halloween is clearly canceled. You have the dad in his security outfit because that's his job. And then the mom is still dressed up like slutty Snow White, <laughs> despite the fact that Halloween is canceled. Halloween's canceled. She's still, she's still dressing up. And they, they still get trick-or-treaters at their door. Which one of the kids, because I love you, you have the you have the dichotomy of like both brothers, like the younger brother. Halloween is the stupidest holiday ever yeah. than the other brother. What are you talking about? Halloween is the best day of the year. And then ding dong, trick-or-treat. <laughs> We we're not going trick or treating, but they show up here, and then there's but they're going to show up here. I don't know. I just found this one kind of odd, and it, it, it just, was it was it was odd. It's not until the reveal at the end that you kind of you understand what they're trying to do, and that's why I say like it's probably the most creative concept, yeah, for a story, but it's the weakest execution, yeah. It didn't work completely for me. Right. And they started like throwing things in that would have started, but went absolutely nowhere and also made zero sense. Like, I don't know how, like, do you, do you have a sister-in-law, Brad? I do not. I have a sister. Okay. Well, let's, let's imagine you have a sister-in-law. If your sister-in-law went and took a shower and then changed and got ready for bed and then like, do you imagine your sister-in-law walking out into the hall of your home in her underwear and just casually have a conversation with you. Cause I don't No, not at all. That's, that's very <laughs> odd. And then the dad like looks her up and down and gives the whole, like very nice. Yeah. And he starts to go in for like a kiss. And I'm like, what are you, what is this? This has no relevance. And then like in three seconds, there's like a noise and he has to tell the kids like, shut up in there. Like go to bed. Last time I'm talking to you. And then the sister ducks into her room. Sorry. So that has zero re- like effect on the story. Yeah. There was no reason for that at all. But I do love the fact that from the noises inside the room, like what the noises are coming from and the visitor who came in and was talking to the little boy and was all like, you've been a good boy this year. I need you to continue being a good boy because I'm not letting Halloween win. It had good moments, but overall it was just, eh. you know, my favorite part. It's uh, it's in the attic when the mom suddenly goes, what are you doing in my house? I, d- I don't have any candy. Oh, she does. More creepy trick-or-treaters. That's your response to <laughs> randomly seeing kids in your attic? What are you doing in my house? All right, so we move to the, the final segment yeah. in 1031, the Sam Hain Slasher. Now, this, I, I wrote in my notes, the most in quotes, artsy of them. Like it, it tried to be a typical slasher, which is fine, but then it, it, it tried to, I don't even know. It it, it just, they tried to do, like I said, like it has like this red herring where you think that it's almost going to be like a switch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, it's feels like they're trying to make multiple different kinds of, reference genres and, and yeah. stuff like oh i want it to kind of be like a giallo film or i want it to be just a straight up slasher or i just want it to be well, like you get like a machete through the neck which is totally like a sort of giallo-esque you know kind of kill 
it's so odd because like when the brother goes out and he's watching the news and you hear like the, you know, like the psycho has escaped mm-hmm. from yeah. the facility. And then the, and then the, the psycho like rushes him at the, at the tree line where he, it just stops for some reason. Like he doesn't continue where he's going. He just stops and looks at the neighborhood and then he gets rushed. And now this will be the spoiler. I thought that at the very end, when everybody is getting strung up, eviscerated, I thought when the mask comes off that it was going to be the brother under the mask. Like, it's not the psycho from the sanitarium that you need to be afraid of. It's the the teenage everyman yeah. who, who the dad is like, well, where's your brother? He's like, I haven't seen him all day. It's like, oh, yeah, he's been out, you know, killing folks, dad. That's... <laughs> I almost wish if, if it had been the brother under the mask, I think it would have made it a better twist. I think it may would have been made a better story overall, but that's just me. Could have, but I think it just kind of, just like the one before it, it just kind of fell kind of flat. I think it fell, yeah, it fell flat. That's why I said that the first three in this are fairly strong, pretty good. Yeah. And then the last two, it just kind of like slopes by down. That, <laughs> by that point, people are all like, well, we've already watched like over half the movie. <laughs> Let's just let's just finish it. And that that sounds really harsh, but that's that's kind of the feel in a, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, it does sound harsh, but this happens with the, especially indie anthologies. I mean, it happens. They're not all they're not all going to be bangers. I mean, even and, we'll talk about part two and three in the future, but it's that same kind of thing. Like you have some that are much stronger than others. But right. it didn't affect my overall feelings of the movie. Like I still enjoyed my time and still would of course watch it. I, I think sometimes and I, I remember like like Joe Bob Briggs from The Last Drive In actually mentioned that sometimes when it comes to things such as horror anthologies, I think that like the writers and the directors, they need to really come to that conclusion to that understanding of like when is too much too much. Like if they had done four stories instead of five, it could it could have been a stronger film. Maybe. Yeah. And even and even that time could have been allocated to the other stories and made them just a little bit longer. I I agree, because there are, to your point, the ABCs of death. It's 26 of short little stories. And that one gets to a point where it's like. Okay, I I get it. There is way too much right now. I cannot <laughs> give me four or five. Maybe you could stretch in six, depending on how they go. But sure. twenty six is a little much. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I agree. Like if maybe if they either cut one or you know elongated the others or or whatnot. But ten thirty one is an enjoyable it's anthology an, yeah. watch that you should you it's should enjoyable. go check out. And it's one that might not be a yearly watch for me, but it's one that I'd probably throw on from time to time during the season. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else you want to say about 1031 or should we move into hashtag 100 days of horror? No, I, th- I think I'm good. I'm just excited for the future uh, joint episodes to cover the sequels. Yes, we will be back to do 1031 part two and then part three. So, you know, make sure you keep it. uh at the on the real feels and old man Brad because yeah those will be Make coming sure you, in the future. You check in every Halloween over the next coming <laughs> years. Hint hint 
Wink, wink. (laughs) Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. All right, Drew. You and I, we cut back from previous year. We did this year was only hashtag 100 days of horror. Last year, we did 150 days of horror. So like you said at the beginning, you you kind of went a little overboard last year. (laughs) I did. I I definitely did. So this year, we not only cut back the amount of watches, but we're we didn't uh, we didn't go full bore in it of like, I need to watch 500 of them before Halloween. There were people online that I saw they were doing like the 365 day challenge for. And I'm like, I mean, I could do that, guys. But that seems that's a lot. Even I mean, I'm game. I'm game. But that's also a lot. It is a lot, a lot. Like I do watch horror movies year round. Both of us do. Yes. Yes. We watch quite a few year round. I mean, if you look at my letterbox, I'd probably say a good. 60 to 70 at least percent of what i post is a horror movie oh 100 might it might actually be more than that so hashtag 100 days of horror overall i mean what are some are there any movies through this 100 days that really like jumped out of oh this was a surprise watch or i really enjoyed this more than i thought i would so some of them that are definitely highlights from the most recent watches not covered in previous, you know, 100 days. Amazon original, totally killer. That was a fun which one. Which I fun. had a great time watching it. I thought it was just fun. It was kooky. The humor was good. You get a little back to the future style. You get a little, you know, kind of, you know, Michael Myers Halloween masked killer thing. Yeah. The misdirection. It. Definitely a fun film. One that was uh, a surprise. I thought it had good bones and there's some really good things in it. So I know uh, The Haunting of the Queen Mary, I intrigued you for. Yes, you you told me I need to check it out. I put it on my list, but I haven't, yes. I have not watched there's, yet. There's some good things. There's okay. some definitely good things. And finally, from Gerald, who's who he and I discussed family friendly horror, and he said, Man, you got to go watch Toy Story. Of oh yes, that is a uh, it is fun. That was one of the best twenty two minutes <laughs> <laughs> that I watched, and it was just so great. And I think leading up to other highlights, we both watched Dark Harvest and enjoyed the heck out of it. I absolutely loved it. Like I, I think it's one of those. I didn't read the whole book. I got through most of it before the movie came out, and I watched the movie and. It's definitely one of my highlights of the of this season because mm-hmm. it it just has this great feel of the Halloween season fall the way it's lit with the cornfields and in everything in some this the, film it's some of the cinematography in the cornfields is really great yes I think unfortunately one downside to Dark Harvest and I think it's a very specific one that it might bother you it might not i think that background is not established as to how and why and it's found in the story i can yeah i could see that you know what i mean yeah like, i do I, I can i can go along with everything in that entire film why they do it and who does it yeah etc but how it actually happens i need something 
I don't want to spoil that for anybody. I mean, they give you a, a, a little bit of that. And do they, though? I mean, I mean, they do. Did, obviously, you watched. There is the beginning of the credit scene. You, you saw where it kind of ended, ended, but left it wide open for a sequel. But yes, they. I mean, they kind of hint toward it. But I, I know what you mean. They don't give a full background of everything, like. Yeah, I don't I don't want to I don't want to get into spoilers, but I right. I want to tell people to go check out Dark Harvest. Definitely definitely go check it out. Definitely 100% go check it out. And finally, I think I think the crown the crown has to go to one of the most like what the fuck kind of endings and processes through a whole film is uh 2022's Good Boy. I have not watched it yet. I know. Oh my god! I know a lot of people that have. I mean, you and I are in a, a group chat that most people have, and it sounds like it's got some wild moments to it. Let's just say that. <laughs> that that I know you don't want to spoil anything, but that's what no. What I don't want to spoil anything. I, I don't want to spoil anything. I I will say that they did a fabulous job with watching the trailer. You think it's going to be one type of movie, and I was down for it like i was down for what i thought the movie was going to be and then watching it it completely turned the tables okay and it was not that kind of movie Mm, it was something completely different and while i think i was slightly disappointed that it wasn't the kind of movie that i thought the trailer was making it was still incredibly enjoyable and the twist ending 100 makes up for it okay i will make sure i put it on the list like i've had enough people talk about it that i think i need to (laughs) to check it out i think another highlight for me is the puppet man which you can get on shutter i knew nothing about the movie going in aside from it's the director of super hosts which is also on shutter and i i enjoyed that film but knew nothing going in it is slow in moments but overall i really did enjoy the film quite a bit and there are a couple kills in this film that are just brutal that Mm. you're just like holy cow because it just sits on it for a minute and you're just like (laughs) oh but yeah the puppet man it's highly recommend that one and another one is another anthology called slash fm that i recently watched that i found quite fun and it's i mean just like one we just talked about 1031 it has some stories that are better than others but overall, I did enjoy my time. Were there any big misses for you in your hundred days besides Pet Cemetery Bloodlines? Man, <laughs> that was probably my biggest miss for me because so I was excited. I mean, to check that wasn't that wasn't part of my hundred days of horror. I watched that as part of my, um, I think, my movie Scavenger Hunt, or I might have just watched it just uh, in general. I just didn't cause. count it for either. Yeah. You know, Pet Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. It's um, it's not what I thought it was going to be. No, um, I I think we we both agreed. Too many people had too many fun ideas, and they didn't throw away anything. Yeah, and then they tried to then they tried to cram them all into the same jar, and nothing was allowed to breathe. I agree. As for some hits or misses with One Hundred Days of Horror, I've been kind of filling in some gaps, and by gaps I mean it's like you know it's late. And I don't really want to like get super invested into something new. So before, usually I would like go to bed or kind of like wind down. I've been filling in a lot of the spots for Hundred Days of Horror uh, recently with either like Mystery Science Theater three thousand or Rift Track movies. Okay, and it's it's a great way to watch older horror films. 
you know, from like the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and still get the movie and still get a good, good bit of humor, which <laughs> just have a good time. And you just ha- you just have a good time with it. And I mean, I don't think it's to the credit of the of the original film, but it's almost like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The Rocky Horror Picture Show by itself is not a good movie. No, but it's the experience. It's the experience and and watching it with like an audience, right? Where you get those callbacks. It was the audience experience that made the Rocky Horror Picture Show something so much more. So with the things like MST3K and Rift Tracks, it's something so humorous. It makes the movies worthwhile. They bring in like pop culture references, which makes, again, movies from like, hell some of them even like 70 years ago Mm -hmm. just a bit a bit better and kind of worth your time and some of those like if you watch it just by itself you could just like pacing's different everything else is different and you're just like come on come on and some of them i I think i I, see that making it much more entertaining for sure right some of them i think i might watch by themselves i also appreciate the fact of the humor being integrated into these shows or in these movies because Mm -hmm. a lot of them i probably i wouldn't go grabbing on my own i i wouldn't with without like the humor it probably would have gone unwatched and i'm really glad that i have the ability to watch them like there you go before we you know wrap up our hundred days of horror are there any familiar faces that you watch during your hundred days of horror that you know you're like these are ones that I just have to watch. Like for me, I always talk about this movie since I saw it in 2019. And that's candy corn. It's become a yearly watch <laughs> for me. I love it. It's probably one of my favorite indie horror films. Obviously we have Halloween uh, night of the living dead for me is always a yearly watch trick or treat. I know it, I don't watch trick or treat yeah. every year, but I do wind it in there from time to time some of these are not going to make it into like the 100 days of horror because again i'm only going to count like one of them trick-or-treat obviously was in my 100 days of horror for today it is a staple it is a yearly watch yeah i i always try to keep things fresh because despite the fact that like certain horror movies i absolutely adore i'm not one of those people who like i can watch john carpenter's halloween every week and i'm like that's that's a lot of uh, (laughs) That's a lot of Halloween. Now, I mean, I'll watch movies like every like two or three years. I mean, you, you, you know only I mean? do that with movies like Psycho Gorman. That's what you should watch once a week. And, you know, exactly. Psycho Gorman or, you know, uh, Kevin Bacon <laughs> and uh, Fred Ward and Tremors. I can watch that weekly. OK, that's definitely something I can watch every week. But I mean, something that I, I do try to get around like every Halloween, I'll try and watch things like, you know, I, I need me some Jeffrey Combs. So I got to watch mm. like things like Reanimator. And I did. I was very happy previously as part of 100 Days of Horror for this and also my movie scavenger hunt. I went through the whole Victor Crowley franchise again. Oh, yeah. I did that last year. It's just fun. Oh, it's just stupid, gory fun is it's what that stupid, is. stupid, gory fun. you got to love Kane Hodder as Victor Crowley. And even movies that I was like, you know what? I just need something kind of funny to laugh at. Let's rewatch it again. So I rewatched like The Babysitter on Netflix. That's a fun, gory movie, too. It still, <laughs> it still holds up. I mean, it's not even that old, but like, no, I, I was still laughing as much as the first time. All right. OK, then. never mind. I always end my Halloween season on Halloween. I always end with a Halloween movie. It doesn't necessarily John Carpenter's Halloween. It could be the 2018 Halloween. It could be H2O. Mm. I just, I pick a Halloween film and I finish it off. So 
It just it just feels right to have Michael Myers finish my season. I, I don't know. It just it feels right. Anything else you want to talk about before we head on out for Halloween season 2023? You know, I, I think all I would say is that if if people are not wanting to kind of like invest in watching a full movie for Halloween or the spooky season, or mm-hmm. if you want to continue those spooky season feels, guys, go check out John Carpenter's Suburban Screams on Peacock. Oh, I need to watch that. It's on my list. I haven't watched it yet. Go check out the new Goosebumps on Disney Plus. Or okay. Hulu. I think that's about it for like new spooky kind of shows. <gasps> no, wait. I think the new Creep Show came out mm. recently. Yeah. And I, and I always, I always recommend Creep Show on Shudder. I will always recommend Creep Show 100%. So yeah, guys, go go watch some like spooky television shows. We keep it spooky all year round, but we might ramp it up a little bit more when it gets closer to the Halloween season. <laughs> we'll uh we'll get back to get well, I mean, we'll there'll be plenty of other episodes that you and I are gonna do together. Mm-hmm. Either on Old Man Brad, Real Feels, wherever it is. But next year, we'll be back. Make sure you watch next year. 1031 part two part two and i'm sure we're gonna have another you know hashtag watch through so you know follow both of our social medias you can follow me on at to be tuesday on x slash twitter or old man brad everywhere else yeah if you want to hit up the real Fills podcast just facebook instagram search for the real Fills podcast on twitter we are at real Fills pod and uh yeah much like old man brad and real feels podcast guys you can find us on really any podcatcher out there search us up and give us a listen all right drew till next year enjoy the rest of your halloween and we will talk to everybody later